Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast. For music lovers. We have got a great show planned for you today. It is the heavy metal spectacular, if you will. But before we get into any of that stuff, please remember to like and comment and subscribe to our podcast and share it with all your friends and family members. And the podcast listener of the week, as requested by Luke, is... Tell... A hitchhiker. <laughs> tell a no. hitchhiker. A hitchhiker. Somebody that hitches rides places, you can tell them. <laughs> Someone who's you don't have. They're you called do, serial killers. You do not have to pick them up. You just need to tell them about our podcast. Actually, we uh-huh. recommend you don't pick them up. They're you probably serial killers. Roll down your window, and, and be, I have a great podcast for you once you find a ride. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. You're out of a ride, but here's a great podcast to listen to. Thanks for nothing. Anyway. Speaking of a great podcast to listen to, we've got a lot on the docket today. Luke, would you like to tell the good people what to expect Yes, this episode? We are going to cover Obituary's new album, The Dying of Everything. We are then going to cover a movie we all watched, The Sound of Metal, which was a great movie. We're going to talk about it. And then we are going to list our top three favorite metal albums of the past 40 years and give two honorable mentions. So it'll be a nice roundup of metal all around. More metal than your mom's kettle, as they say. And then we uh, (coughs) are going to kick it off right now with some music news. So Yeah, sounds good. Let's roll the music, Alex. Let's get it going. Give us that theme song. Speaking of metal... We should have a metal version of no, our theme song. I know. I, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. I've been thinking about it. We should have a metal version, a pop version. We still need a Christmas version for our Christmas specials, but we haven't done that yet. We just got to add jingle bells to the regular <laughs> one. Right. Yeah, that's really all it is. Christmas done. All right. Anyway, let's move forward. This is music news. This is music news. Who wants to go first? I have no music news. Oh, Jeffrey, no music news. I have some music news. <laughs> I'm going first. Here okay. we go. Jesus. Madonna. <laughs> oh, I literally just pulled that up. I know. Announces her 2023 North American tour oh, that's uh, in the weirdest way possible. So she invited a group of celebrities, Lil Wayne, Amy Schumer, Eric Andre, Jack Black, Judd Apatow, to a fake but real dinner party where she filmed it and then it was a reference to um, a documentary she made in 1991, Truth or Dare. It was strange, but um, that's what Madonna's brand is nowadays. So you got that. Um, The video promoting this started off with Amy Schumer um, and Madonna, and Madonna asked Amy Schumer how she licks her husband's butthole mm-hmm. and then from there announces the new Madonna tour so um very weird very strange that your freak flag fly Madonna um everybody at the table looked uncomfortable everyone at this table looks uncomfortable too yeah yeah what's the most recent Madonna song you can even name Oh, what was the one from that Austin <laughs> Powers? Beautiful, oh, beautiful Stranger. The 20-year-old Beautiful Stranger. Yeah. Which is, it's very... Uh, it's 20 years old, huh? Wow. It's very strange. Yeah, it's um, But 
She's gonna do all of the hits. I recommend everybody watch this video. I'm gonna put it right here uh, to watch so you guys can all see Amy Schumer licking a onion ring that looks like what I mentioned earlier. Well, we all look forward to that. So, very exciting, very yeah. strange video. Uh, I can't wait for the behind-the-scenes tour, so. Yeah. Um, so, I've got some music news. I don't know if you guys have seen, but Dolly Parton has announced a new rock album, and it will feature Paul McCartney, Stevie Nicks, John Fogarty, Steve Perry, Steven Tyler, all and the Steves. more. All, all the, the Steves. Steves. All the Steve Winwood. Oh, I wish. Uh, he didn't make the cut. He didn't make the Steve cut. Steve Marriott but, has uh, passed away. Oh, <laughs> sad. R.I.P. Yeah. What can you do? Uh, so she says she wants to reunite Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. So we'll see if that happens. Who knows? Who cares? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man and nuts, Jolene. Yes, but she wants, she wants the cover Stairway to Heaven, and I can't get no satisfaction. When asked if Mick Jagger would be on it, Parton said she was trying to get him, but that, quote, Pink and Brandy Carlisle are singing on that particular song with me. She also wants to try to get Cher on the record. So it should be interesting. It'll be cool to see if, you know, Dolly Parton gets all of these huge names on a record. I mean, she's a, you know, she's country music royalty in her own right, so I would like I don't to see why. hear her sing You're So Vain with Mick Jagger, like the original. Oh, yeah, there you go. That would be nice. Yeah. Throw it on so, the rock album. Uh, Luke, any more uh, music news? Oh, yeah, man. It keeps on coming. So, uh, <laughs> Limp on oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, so Limp Biscuits, West Borland. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I chocolate can't. starfish. Well, you heard a chocolate starfish. Now, uh, <laughs> now the hot dog flavored water. Well, here it comes. Limp Biscuits, West Borland, accused ex-wife of defamation, citing album review. So, um, he was with an <laughs> another artist who produced music. Whatever. She got interviewed by this uh, journalist who then reviewed Wes Borland's solo album to which was referenced the past interview with the ex-wife and then made reference to it. So therefore, uh, it <laughs> violated. Sorry, That's I'm the getting there, guys. <laughs> sentence. I'm getting there. Oh God. First of all, Wes Borland had a solo album? I didn't even know about this. It violated him and his ex-wife's court agreement. Oh, no. Bad things are happening Judas over here. Priest. Where um, you could not speak ill of one another in the press because they both had bands and musical oh. careers. So oh, I see. Uh, it sounds like Wes Borland kind of went around in a circular way to... Two-word review. Shit, Shit sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> so that's what's happening. I recommend everybody go read the article because I left out the tons of cats that are mentioned in this <laughs> lawsuit. There's like a bunch of homeless cats. There's a cat that dies. <laughs> it is. Right check out this article, guys. Check it out. It's just. It's. A, <clears throat> I didn't even touch on half the insanity of it. Yeah. Well. To carry on music news, <laughs> uh, Snoop Dogg's in the news again. Uh, him and Sade, of all people, are both being inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, which is pretty interesting. Um, 
it you know people are kind of like Snoop Dogg really but there's you know there's a long list of people who have been inducted into the songwriters hall of fame including Jay-Z, Jermaine Dupri, Missy Elliott, uh who else we have here the Neptunes uh the list goes on um but I just thought that was interesting you know and I just it, I couldn't help but think back to like when you were talking about how Snoop Dogg had said in an interview how he used to use a <laughs> typewriter for his lyric writing and stuff. And I'm like, wow, the Bob Dylan of rap is finally getting his, uh, you know, his, his just rewards. His just rewards. So congratulations to Snoop Dogg and Sade. Um, as Alex knows, our mom was a huge fan of Sade. She was a smooth operator of sorts. And uh, yeah, you like that one? I don't know about your it's a weird thing to say about your mom. I don't know, man. Smooth. I'm just trying to make it funny. Let's keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Wes Borland's new album came out. <laughs> you have In to make other... the Wes Borland face, though. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, uh, I don't have like cat eye <laughs> contacts in for, for authenticity. So. When most rock stars are selling their publishings, as of lately, John Fogarty bought back his publishing. It did not say for how much, but famously, he was signed to Fantasy Records with Creedence Clearwater. Fantasy Records gave him a very hard time, sued himself in the mid-70s for plagiarizing himself. Uh, he won that case. And now, either way, wouldn't he have won? <laughs> oh, I don't know America. So, for uh, all those years, the guy from Fantasy Records was really holding over his head. He passed away about ten years ago, and now John Fogerty uh, negotiated with them and owns them a majority, and then still gets paid from what they owe him. So he's getting quite a lot of money for it. Um, thumbs up. I think it's cool. Right on. He achieved his dream of owning his own music, which he always wanted to do. So Yeah, big deal. Yeah. Congratulations to him. Uh, the Bell... Uh, what is it? Belltown Bloom Festival has been announced, and I don't know if you guys saw the lineup, so. but... <laughs> <laughs> do you guys know where I'm going with this? Oh, I know. Uh, so three of the musicians, uh, groups rather, we have Pussy Riot, Mannequin Pussy and Thunder Pussy. Oh, yeah, there it is right there. Beautiful. So I just thought that was funny. That's like pretty much the end of the story on that for me. But so these are like female led punky whatever bands. Yes, we have L7 and Pussy Riot headlining. And then it's just Thelma Mannequin and Pussy, the Thunder Pussy. My, my favorite, Flesh Produce. Oh, OK. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh La Fonda. Produce. Who the hell is La Fonda? You should know. Oh, yeah, right. So, um, anybody have any more P-word band names before we move on? No, I think I'm good. <laughs> You're not going to mention Nashville Pussy? Oh, Nash. I thought it was Thunder Pussy. No, there's another band, Nashville Pussy. There's uh, uh, a couple more. There's Perfect. Pussy. There you go. <laughs> so... Many it's a more. cat, guys. I, it's a cat. Take it easy. I saw that flyer, and I thought it was a little little comical. Yeah. Uh, did you see the other uh, festival announced? Yeah, there's quite a few, actually. Lovers and Friends, which is the throwback, like, 2000s pop festival. Missy Elliott, Pitbull, Usher, Christina Aguilera, 50 Cent, 
Nelly, Boys to Men. So that looks like a fun time. It's kind of like the when we were young, uh, Crystal years. Yeah. We also have the Echo Land Festival, which looks interesting. Wolfpack. Oh, sorry, Jeffrey. But Jeffrey's one of Jeffrey's favorite bands. Wolfpack. Phil Lesh and Friends, another one of Jeffrey's favorite bands. <laughs> Robert, Plant, <laughs> Robert Plant and Alan. Only second to Dead and Company. Uh, Robert Plant, Allison Krauss, Nathaniel Rayleigh from the Light Sweats, uh, Tenacious Light sweats? D, L- Night Sweat. Sorry, we have a bit of latency issues going on in our headphones, ladies and gentlemen. So It is a bit hard. It is a bit difficult. You know, shall we abandon the headphones? I mean, I, I'm cool for it. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna abandon the headphones. Why All right. Not? Um, so we have Niall Rogers and uh, Sheik, the Flaming Lips, Government Mule, Marcus King, who... We did an album review of a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it looks okay. Looks like it's uh, it's gonna be a fun. Where is time. that being held? That is is that the Florida one? It's right at the bottom. Camping yes. Music Nature. Yeah, Live Oak, Florida. Spirit of the Suwanee Music Park. Suwanee. Suwanee. Sorry. Thank you, Alex. And uh, so, there's a U in there. The Lovers and Friends. I just loved how Alex was just like, I know this pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Uh, Lovers and Friends is also in Las Vegas, just like when we were a young oh, festival. Okay. So that's pretty cool. And that's a one-day festival, which was mm. a bit weird. But uh, enjoy. Uh, and also the Just Like Heaven Festival. Uh, headlining is the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. You also have MGMT, Empire of the Sun, The okay. Bravery, Ladytron, Cults. It is festival season. So it's kind of like electronic yeah. indie rock type mixture. Of stuff. Yeah, that's what yeah. It, that's what it looks like. Yeah, it's got a great poster though. Yeah, just like heaven. That's that's also a one day festival as well. Saturday, May thirteenth. Hmm. One day festival. I wish yeah, more festivals would come to the Rose New England Bowl area. In California. We get Boston calling, but that's about all that really comes. That was to just our announced area. too, though, wasn't it? Boston yeah, calling. I do. I get Foo Fighters. Uh, yeah, Foo headlining Fighters, that one. There's, there's quite Big a few news. there. I think we talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, you guys good with music news for right I'm, now? Uh, I'm music yeah. newsed. You've been newsed? That, there you go. Keep you informed. Alex? Let's break and fix this issue. Yeah, let's we'll break real quick. So we'll be right back. All right. Onward we go to our new album review of the week. This week we tried to do something a little bit different. It's been slim pickings lately with album releases. Lately, as it is the beginning of the year, that tends to be a common occurrence. But I figured we would go for something out of the ordinary for maybe for Luke and Jeff, but something sort of more in the ordinary for me. And we are going to cover the new obituary record. It is called the uh, it's called Dying of Everything. It is their 11th studio album. The last album they had was in 2017. It was a self-titled album. Um, so I'm going to give like a little sort of uh, lead up into the band obituary because they're kind of a big deal as far as death metal goes. They're considered one of the founding bands of death metal more specifically founding bands of uh like in the death metal genre specifically out of tampa florida uh, in the early 80s tampa kind of became the hub of death metal and it would evolve into something that would be known as like the florida tampa death metal scene you'd have a lot of bands coming out of there like death morbid angel and Obituary was another one of them. Um, there was a local band in the Florida area called Nasty Savage, and they were like a big influence on that scene. Of course, you had other bands that were already out at the time, sort of like uh, you know your Venoms, your your Celtic Frost, stuff like that. You had the extreme metal stuff, but nothing really sort of like the death metal, like you know, or anything like what death metal was, and especially what was coming out of Florida at the time. The real unique characteristic of the death metal 
sound really has to be credited to Morris Sound Recording Studio. That was in Tampa as well. Um, what's his name? Scott Burns was a famous, famous producer who worked at the Morris Sound Studios. And he was really like the first guy who was able to capture a particular kind of sound. I remember listening to the first Obituary record because the because Obituary is kind of a band that wasn't really on my radar. I'm, I love the band Death, and I love the Cannibal Corpses and the Six Feet Unders and stuff like that. Obituary, for some reason, just was never really on my radar. But um, I went back to their first album, Slowly We Rot, and uh, I was like, "This is got this has to be a Tampa band. It's got to be a Tampa band." And I looked it up, and lo and behold. It was a Tampa band. So they formed in 1984 in Tampa, Florida. They were originally called Executioner, but then they changed their band name to Executioner, Executioner. <laughs> with an X in 86, and then eventually became known as Obituary in 1988. Uh, their first album, Slowly We Rot, uh, came out, I think it was in 88 or 89. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much, you know, the rest is the rest is history. They're a founding you know the f- founding fathers of uh, of death metal as we know it. John Tardy and Trev, I'm um, sorry, um, Donald Tardy, vocalist and drummer, founding uh, members of the band, along with Trevor Perez, who's the rhythm guitar player, who kind of has an iconic sound. You know, most of the most of the death metal or most of the metal that you listen to is like that really, really high gain, super crunchy. Trevor Perez did this weird thing where he was like he played a Fender Strat. I'm gonna get you know gear geary here, but he played a Fender Stratocaster into a rat pedal mm-hmm. with the tone knob scooped all the way down mm-hmm. into a Marshall stack. So it creates a sort of fizzy sound, and he's stuck with that sound, and you hear a lot of that on this record. Uh, as far as this record goes, I really enjoyed it. I think that it's a great entry-level death metal record. If you're trying to dip your toe into death metal, I kind of find this is where it is. It doesn't reach the extremes that, say, like a cannibal corpse reaches, you know what I mean? A little too too much on that. Cannibal, yeah. Corp, Cannibal Corp. This is a little more accessible. I think so. I think so. And, um, and what it, did you what did you guys think though? Because this is really out of like, you know what I mean. This is not in your guys' comfort zone in your wheelhouse. So I was kind of really curious to hear what you guys had to say about this. Well, this kind of like goes in the reformed legacy bands kind of sure, album. Yeah. Um, this band split up for a little bit. I think in the late nineties or early two thousands and I, came yeah, back. Yeah, ninety nine or ninety eight or ninety nine until two thousand six. I think. Right. Like so this is kind of like with the you know um a band kind of breaks up and reforms with like some newer people and um i think this is a great like reunion uh level record it sounds like what their original stuff had sounded like i went back and like listened to it it was true to that um it didn't seem like it like tarnished their legacy by any means it only seemed like it um broadened what they were doing and was a just a really pretty solid record of the genre like um i really liked it yeah uh jeff did you like it yeah i had no familiarity with obituary before listening to this record um i listen to metal music but not a lot of it i listen to like the handful of artists that i enjoy and i don't branch out much more um i like this album because when i think of death metal i think of it as being a little bit more lurching key signature timing changes and a little bit more brutal and this album had a lot more of solid grooves there weren't these quick changes of Mm. of styles mid-song um so it was a lot more like 
metal bands that I'm more familiar with, like Pantera and things like that, where it stays in a thing for the minute and a half. And then maybe there's a breakdown or some kind of instrumental thing in the middle, and that goes back to another thing. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed the vocalist. I thought he was a highlight. Um, and from what I read about the band, he's like one of the uh, premier guys as far as death metal vocals. Yeah. Um, I... I thought it was well done, like you said, how it, how it's a good like introductory album for this band. Like I don't know what to measure this against their other work, but as far as like something that me not being a death metal guy, I put it on and I was like, yeah, this is cool. Like nothing made me because I listen to some stuff that I enjoy, and within like six minutes, you're like, this is rough to get through. Like just because yeah. it's so harsh and so extreme, and this was. Um, as far as death metal goes, a little more pleasant. Uh, yeah, however, that can yeah. be like it was I don't know, kind of no, like happy, more yeah. on the pop side of death metal. Hooks, yeah, it's so, more melodic. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was definitely yeah. hooks in there. Um, the singer was throwing you in, and the singing too is is not um guttural like oh it's you can I mean it is it's like, pretty middle. You can understand the words. Yeah, most of the you time. can understand right, right. every yeah. single word he's saying. It's mm. it's screaming, but it's it's more like um controlled screaming, so you can yeah. hear it. Um, and even at that, like where he was going vocally, like the themes on here, um, like we talked about the Megadeth album last year, which was a metal album we covered. And like they had that like flight to Mars song on it, which was bizarre and kind of corny. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like that on here. It all is like in the lyrical genre of death metal. Um, like the title track barely alive, where he's like barely alive is of that genre i liked how they all it all fit in that thing it kind of rode the line of i don't know really where their past work like lies all the way but this kind of rode the line of like nihilism uh monster is the um inner you kind of lyrics and i thought it came through well there was a lot of like kind of like as much nihilism as was in there there was a lot of like um like you can make it better by being a better person messaging yeah i think the thing is that i think the thing that death metal has kind of going maybe against it is is you kind of like if you're looking at like you know in the mainstream right in the mainstream cannibal corpse is the band right they were in ace ventura remember when he goes into that you know that's with chris barnes the old uh, lead singer but Cannibal Corpse is kind of like the thing where people are like, oh, this is... People who don't know what death metal is immediately associate the genre with a Cannibal Corpse, where it's, you know, songs like... And disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Songs like, you know, I Come Blood and like vaginal discharge milkshake smash face Face. you know yeah and all this kind of stuff and the gore is part of it right like it is you know but these are not like in contrast to like say like their black the black metal cousins who are like very heavy satanic imagery and you know stuff like that you know this is really a lot of it is like really kind of tongue-in-cheek too like they're all in on the joke like they're all kind of like laughing and chuckling about it but i will say to like what luke was saying like you know as far as the content goes and lyrically like what's happening and stuff like that most people just associate death metal with like blood guts and gore and all that kind of stuff but that's not always the case for example, like Obituary, even a band like Death, like Chuck Schuldiner, the principal songwriter, blah, blah, blah. He was, it was a similar thing where like, you know, like 
bad people are scary you know like that kind of you know so it's 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 a broader brush well that i can even, get painted you know i even thought like uh on here like the song my will to live which was more it sounded like that was like the one that was like my will to live yeah. down down that sounded more like a hardcore song mm-hmm. chorus to me well that where it was like yeah. it really got like that kind of flavor of like you know new york hardcore that was like in there especially like that that kind of lyrical style and even like jeff said it had a lot of like that pantera grooviness in a lot of the songs that like helped it lyric like move that kind of along which i really liked um is there what any songs on here that you guys like really really thought were like standout tracks i Uh, like the first track yeah barely alive me Um, too because that was like kind of the hardest hitting one yeah, great album opener, yep. I thought. And it's super thrashy, too. That's why I like that, because yep. I'm a, thra- I'm a I, thrash I guy. Liked, I love thrash. Um, I like the closer, Be Warned, mm-hmm. which is like very sludgy, very stonery, doomy type of speed. Um, I like the song Dying of Everything, which might be like the fourth or fifth track. Yep. Yeah, Dying Those of Everything are my three was great. Highlights. That one was super thrashy. Yeah, I like that. I like The Wrong Time, which is the second track on there. Yeah, Because like that, that one, one gives you that sort of iconic death metal thing where they do this kind of like... Because death metal is always good for like these like chromatic-y kind of like... Like kind of thing. That incorporated in there as well. Um, Without a Conscious, I thought was good. That's got a killer, killer guitar solo. And that's where the album, I think that's, that might actually be track three. Is, it I is. think it's track three. That's because it's like you kind of get these first two hard hitting songs up Faster, front. Thrashy. And then like they slow it down for the third one. So I thought it was a well paced record. You know? I, I thought so too. I liked um, War. I thought it was a cool song. Yeah, I cool. especially liked that thing they did where they put the guitar with no effect on it going down in the middle of the song mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and it came back in full band after uh, after the solo that was really cool um, I liked like there was some wah stuff on here oh, that there was, was a lot of wah that yeah. was like different for yeah. like the death metal thing because it's usually like yeah. the wahs in the solo but like not in like the the uh, the right. riff so that was cool it reminded me of like some old school like Sabbathy bass mm-hmm. things going on um, but yeah I really like this it aired more on like it is that like thrashy death metal, but it aired more on the side of like stoner rock too. Yeah. So it had like a lot of those mixed in together. It was a good this is what that that's what makes this album a good album is it's not all the whole time. Um you get that with like barely alive, but you also get like that's the stoneriness and you also get like yeah. the um Pantera groove metal kind of thing going right, on, right. Um, and then like I said earlier, like you get a little bit of that punky New York hardcore mm-hmm. in the vocal, um, and I thought that this made for a really well-rounded metal record that left me like I liked this. This was a um, enjoyable kind of thing to be in for something yeah. I like. Jeff, I don't listen to metal. I'm not an active new metal listener. I like classic metal, like seventies metal, eight early eighties metal. Yeah. Um, but that's probably about like where I really fade off. So this was really cool and a great way to really jump back into a genre I have not really been active right. in in a long time. Good. Well I'm really happy to hear that you guys enjoyed this record. I was kind of worried about it too because I because full, you know, transparency here, like I said, I, I mean I wasn't super familiar with obituary. Um, I just knew their, you know, their significance and kind of what they meant to the genre and all that stuff. I always was the, I was, I'm a death guy, you know, that, which was another Florida band, but, uh, yeah, I, same here, man. I was pleasantly surprised. And also if you're a metal guy and you want to watch interviews and stuff, they're also like really, really nice guys as well. Really, really nice guys. Uh, the drummer, uh, 
Donald Tardy, um, he works with his local animal shelter uh, with uh, stray cats. He's the stuff. executioner. He's the executioner. <laughs> <laughs> Judge, jury, and executioner. Before, so before we leave, uh, West Borland, if you're looking for a place for the cats, get in touch with. Oh, call Don Donald Tardy and Donald Tardy. I know you're listening too. Call call up West, man. He's having a hard time. Um, can we give a Can we give a quick rating for? For the album, I mean, I know it's kind of you know reference points and all that you know. Yeah, I, but if it, if it, I um, I'm docking it some points because I wish it took a little bit some more risks and did some wilder things on it. Um, so for me, there's a six five, right on. But it's a solid record. Yeah, Luca, oh. I am going for a pitchfork seven point eight. I like this record. It was good it didn't like like cause a lot of me- records like leave me kind of like ooh, that was a little embarrassing i like this this wasn't embarrassing it was cool so yeah. i dig this seven nine yeah they, oh seven nine or seven eight oh, oh that gives seven eight you said seven now eight. it's an eight point one I'm gonna, oh. give, <laughs> I'm gonna leave it the higher one seven point nine uh i'll go i'll round it off and just give it a give it a solid eight i agree i like this record and also it it kind of made me be into obituary a bit more. So I'm pretty happy about that. It's kind of like discovering like a new old band kind of thing. You know what I mean? And uh, it kind of, you know, I've been listening to metal all week, so I'm kind of back in the metal thing. It, so it's it been fun. It definitely kept their legacy alive in a good way, I'd, definitely, I'd say. You yeah, know? I would agree. Absolutely. So there you have it. What did you guys think? You metalheads out there, did you like this new obituary album? I'll tell you what, a lot of metalheads reviews that I read did not like this album. So it's uh, pretty interesting. They oh. kept they were calling it things like safe and flat and all that sort of thing. Kerrang gave it a three out of five. Jeffrey was uh, on that ringing train over here. Yeah, they were, I just you know. Mean, it, I mean, it sounds like dudes making their 11th album after 40 years and yeah. it's good. Yeah. yeah. But it's not right. blowing my hair back. Yeah. <laughs> anyway what'd you guys think let us know in the comments below let's take a quick break we're gonna come back we got some more good stuff for you don't go anywhere all right everybody welcome back to get in the garage we're the music podcast for music lovers we are carrying on with our metal theme this metal-thon. week metal fun more metal than your mom's kettle uh and we're actually going to cover a movie that's you know, it's got metal in the name. Jeffrey, why don't you tell us what that movie is? <laughs> yeah, so we wanted to do an all-metal episode uh, this week, so we thought we would watch the movie Sound of Metal, which uh, came out in 2019, wide release in 2020. It's a movie about a drummer who is an addict who starts to lose his hearing, and he has to grapple with that, and he has to overcome that challenge in his life. Uh, the movie is directed by Darius Martyr, written by Darius Martyr, Abraham Martyr, and Derek Sanfrance. Um, it stars Riz Ahmed as Ruben, a drummer. Um, also stars Olivia Cook as his girlfriend Lou, who is famous now for her House of the Dragon series. Um, has a great performance by a man named Paul Racy as the counselor at a deaf rehab that he goes to mm-hmm. and he has to learn how to cope with his new found deafness as well as his addiction issues that he may be starting to want to spiral into because of his new hearing loss um this was a movie that was nominated for a bunch of academy awards i think six academy awards wow. including picture original screenplay actor and sporting actor it won the oscars for best editing and best sound um i think it's great uh, movie because the sound is so immersive it is so mm. I wouldn't know but 
the consensus is it's very accurate on what it sounds like to lose your hearing. They consulted with a bunch of people in that field of hearing loss to make it sound like filtered and strange and ghostly and uh, ambient and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a cool look at a musician who uh, is playing extreme metal music and kind of loses hearing because of his addiction to his music and playing live in front yeah. of huge amps that are smash and smashing cymbals and um what did you guys think about this movie oh it was a tearjerker Ugh, this one got to me yeah. also uh made me realize that one of the one of my biggest fears in life is to lose my my sense of hearing man. and yet you never wear the earplugs i, I wore the earplugs oh, i've man. been starting i have been starting we let me just throw that out we earplugged at the last oasis show we yes we did oh, Sly and the nice. family. yeah shout out to slide of the family very stone nice. i had to we were up front too yeah but um yeah this was a really interesting movie you're right though the uh, how immersive it is and not only in the the process of him losing his hearing, but also also spoilers ahead. I would just like to throw that out there yeah, if you haven't came seen out it two years ago. Yeah. But uh, you know when he gets the operation done and he has that you know the um, cochlear implants. Thank you, implants put in. It was like whoa, this is really crazy sound. Like I didn't really, I never thought. You know what I mean? Like you never think about this stuff. Yeah, right. You know, and then right. I saw it and it was like wow, is it? Is that almost worse? You know, is that almost well, worse? Had, right. You know what I mean? Like, there's a scene where he goes to a dinner party and he's got them in, and it's just this sort of like, I mean, uh, you know, reference points. What kind of reference points can we give? Telephone. But yeah, it's like that it's thing, or like if you remember, like yeah. when you would Eyes. get when yeah. you would get a really, really, really like when you would download a song off of like LimeWire, and it would be really digitally in poor Garbled, quality and stuff yeah. like that. That's what it sounded like, and it was it was really quite shocking. There was some tender moments, you know. There, there some heartbreaking moments. Um, yeah, it was just my God, man! What an incredible movie. I liked, um, like, first of all, we're a music podcast, so I will say the best thing about this movie musically is um, it the drummer is actually playing drums. Yeah. Um, so that was cool because. For me, I mean, like, I'm not the world's best drummer, but I can obviously tell instantly when someone is not playing the drums versus somebody yeah. is playing the drums. It was immersive in that sense where you got, like, the feel even of, like, who he was as a person playing the drums because he, what the drumming he's doing is metal drumming, but it's more of, like, sonic youth metal drumming. So yeah, there's a lot of that, like, interesting stuff. Um the sound in this movie is incredible. If you, um, if sound interests you, if you are a musician, check this movie out because it, one of, like you said, it like kind of gave you like the biggest fear of like, oh, losing your hearing. That was like one of my biggest fears, like before watching this movie, <laughs> after watching that movie though, um, almost like, you know, like there is other things and there are other lives. Um, I think the biggest point of the movie, maybe this is what I took away from it, was the quiet stillness inside you is the most beautiful music that can ever be heard if you mm. can just be quiet enough to hear it. Yeah. Um, which is a very powerful message and sounds very corny, like as I'm saying it, I know. But uh it was very fruitful in like me watching it and being like, oh, this is horrible to the conclusion of the movie, which I was like I walked away with a different point of view, being like, "These people aren't to be pitied. They mm -hmm. are, yeah. They you because you you could never know what they have because you don't know what it is." Right. Well, to speak to that too, you know, there's this, this scene where you know he so he gets the operation done, 
and he goes back to the house and he's talking to the counselor. What's the actor's name again? I'm sorry. Uh, the uh, character's Joe, I think. It's Paul Reese. Right. Uh, where, you know, they're having a conversation and Joe, the character, is speaking to him and he's just like, you know, we set this in place that says, like, this is not a problem that needs fixing. And in getting this operation, you know, you've kind of like compromised that idea. So I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Right, because he's trying to run away or quick fix the problem. Right, right. You know, and it does. It it eventually comes back to haunt him as well anyway, because he he puts them in and you can see he's like really struggling with it and he can't really, you know, and it ends up becoming this whole other separate issue to where in the end he finally takes them out. He finds that stillness and and, uh, you know, all that stuff at the very end of the film. But um yeah, it's just it. What a what a powerful movie, and and really too, you know, it's inspirational in the sense of, you know, you look at it and you and like, it's I don't know, man. It's it's hard to talk about because you're like, it it. I'm like, wow, everybody in this movie, they you know, it's it's real sign language. It's re you know, everything right. is so authentic. Even to like what Luke was saying is like. Yeah, you know how you know that he's a real drummer because he's a left-handed guy and his drum sets set up lefty. Oh yeah, that... like it's it's those small details where you're like, oh yeah, okay. And the scenes so of drumming is... are not like quick cut or it's like showing him drumming for eight straight seconds and you know like yeah, uh, right. there's definitely big hunks of like long yeah. drumming. Yeah, um, the like the movie too gives like um, you know like the sign language in the movie is a whole nother aspect of like stuff going on. There's a scene at the dinner table and everybody, all you hear is like forks and knives and plates moving. And there are like 25 conversations happening around the dinner table with everybody signing at each other, but it's quiet and you can't hear anything but the dinner plates shuffling. And it's one of the best, best scenes in the whole movie because it just, it gives it gives a quality to sounds that you didn't really appreciate before, mm. and it gives you uh, the appreciation for silence that I think you didn't have before. Right. Um, great movie recommendation, Jeff. And it, yeah. it did. It made me cry. Oh my god, did that movie make me cry? It's oh, a yeah. it's a great view at at um, like the life of a struggling as far as success or monetary goes, but like a guy who is just grinding a music career like it is his life and to see him living in his van with his girlfriend and traveling across country gig to gig playing for 28 people in a packed basement and then selling their t-shirts themselves and packing up and driving to the next place and like that is the reality of a lot of musicians in the world so it's just cool that it's not like there's movies about rock stars and the elvis movie and you know all that kind of stuff, but there's not enough movies or or anything really on the people who are like slogging out thirty grand a year, right? Playing right. 150 gigs yeah. in no name places, and yeah, because I think when he loses his hearing, they're trying to they're contacting someone, yeah, and uh, they're like, we're we're all the way in Minnesota. How the hell are we gonna get out there? We, right. It's gonna be days before we get out there. Right. So it gives you this sort of like. You know, yeah, man, they're out in East, whatever, you know, like they have to because they're 
because they're working, man. They're a working yeah. band, you know? And the fact that he's in the relationship mm-hmm. with Lou as well, and they're in the band together, and then there's that whole other sort of dynamic, too, where, you know, he was an addict and she saved his life, and then vice versa, you come to find out that her mother commits suicide, so she's going through something. So there's so much depth to this movie, man. It's There's so much depth to it. And to see his reaction to losing his hearing, it's such a human thing. You know what I mean? Because like I remember I was watching it with my wife, and you know the I don't know maybe it's because I'm a dad, but the scenes with the kids, you know, it like really like kind of like oh, tugged, elementary school, kids, you know, yeah. tugged on my heartstrings, man. And to see them all stay because there's one scene where they have a uh, a pianist come in and he's playing classical music, and they're all standing at the piano with their hands on it to feel the vibrations and that was that was the most emotional part of that movie for me man because it's just like oh my god like it just i don't know but it's but it's that thing where you look at children and you know it's like okay well you know those children may or may not have born with been born without their sense of hearing in contrast you have him who is somebody with you know born with hearing and then the hear the his hearing was taken away from him so it's an interesting thing to even just sort of reflect on and think about you know what i mean to be like oh yeah because in the beginning he's sort of unlikable there's a there's a there's a part of him where you're like come on man like just kind of like just do the thing that you know you need to do but that tension and that tug and pull and all that you know the resolve at the end of the movie i think was really was really nice yeah so yeah great film man it's on amazon it's an amazon movie so i assume it'll be there forever yeah it's it's like not even two hours long uh, really? Coming from a guy who watches like literally like two hours, three hours of TV a week, it was a really, really great movie to watch. So um, I, I choose selectively for reasons. Yeah. So Sound of Metal, check it out. Sound of Metal, check it out. All right. Onward we go. We've got a fun game planned before we get into <laughs> our before we get into uh, our uh, our favorite you know metal bands in the last forty years. So last week after we recorded our podcast, we started kind of. Getting into it a little bit about what what could qualify what could as qualify as a metal, metal band? Albums. Yeah, because we wanted to pick metal albums to share with you guys. But um, I cha- chimed in with no Black Sabbath because we talk about Black Sabbath on this yeah. podcast. Everybody talks about Black Sabbath. I didn't want the list to be clogged with Black Sabbath albums. Yeah. So uh, we decided of the past forty years, and then that conversation led to: Is this metal? Is that metal? Is this band metal? Is that band metal? So, so now we invented a game. Alex, as our host, is going to quiz us on what's metal, and we'll make our case. All right, let's go for or against. I'm really excited so, for this. So to kick us off here, you want to start with even thumbs? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, ooh, 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 up is yeah. metal, down is not metal. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy! So kick us off real quick. We have a list of 25. Okay. We're going to go right. through them. Let's do it. First band, one chosen by me, Rainbow. Metal. Metal. Yeah, nice. wizards. Because that's yeah. Dio. That's yep. Dio. Dio's yep, yep. as a vocalist makes it a metal. Fresh okay. out of Elf. Okay. <laughs> that was the band he was in before Rainbow. For those who don't know, thank you. No, that's just his lifestyle. Number two, Tool. Yeah, Tool's metal. There metal. We go. I'll say Tool's metal. Yes. I don't like it that much. So it's definitely yeah. metal. Prog <laughs> metal. Poor okay. Greg. Number three, Van Halen. Uh, oh, I can argue- I keep it? Can I keep it here? <laughs> neutral. All right, can I so, keep well, it neutral? Well, uh, now we. So now we debate. All right. So you said when we talked about what's metal, you said Van Halen, and Van Halen is a hard rock band. 
They're not a metal band. Yeah, Come on, man. Technicalities. I'm going to go with Jeff. I'm going to say Van Halen is not but the, but a metal band. Here's the problem, uh, though. The problem with Van Halen is they're a hard charge rock and roll band. But <laughs> they, because they play like. They play like blues-based stuff. It's it's pretty much all pop blues. That's like at twelve. But the problem with them is like they are heavier than all of the '80s hair, hair metal, metal bands, bands that they inspired. So it's like one of those things of like I don't think that they are a metal band because of the time and place. However, like their <laughs> progeny, who is weaker, maybe. More might be metal? closer to metal. Yeah. Strangely, yeah. it's like it's a paradox. It is a paradox. It's paradoxical. It's the Van Halen paradox. So <laughs> we'll just say, for the sake of it, we'll say Van Halen. Not you're metal. not metal. You are just sex fueled rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's uh, quick note here. Make sure for the audio listeners, we shout it out. No, just thumbs. But, okay. Yes. Um, yes. Next one, Queen. <laughs> no, uh, not, not metal. I mean, they're rock metal. Uh, they're opera metal. But I'm you know, if no. we're subgenres. And and your your claim on this was true. The first two albums much more like the rainbow style of music. Right, right. But within a year and a half of that band, they were yes. And I'll give you that. They have some songs. Queen is not. Queen they, is not they metal. have some metal songs. Stone Cold Stone Cold Crazy. Right. Yeah. Death on Two Legs, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. Good. Hard not rock metal. band not and metal. barely hard most of the time yeah, too. Okay. Well, no, always. <laughs> well, <okay. laughs> You do enough cocaine, you'll be hard. Led Zeppelin. Oh, uh, Led Zeppelin. Not, not, not metal. metal. Proto metal. They're, arguably proto metal, but not a metal band. I'm not even throwing them into proto metal. They never get as like, they're, they are heavy, but they're not like deep the way I they're think they're deep purple they're heavy and black. They're guitar, I, for me, it's like if the guitar sound and bass, I guess too, was 15% more distorted they would be because then they would be closer to rainbow and things like that. Yeah. But the guitar is not crunchy. Not enough. there. I also, feel it's it. not there. Also, there was a, a little bit too much like acoustic, like wanting to exactly. go acoustic early. Yeah, uh, yeah. Too much. Yeah, there's folky stuff yeah. too. There's, yeah. yeah, I feel you. Okay. So Led Zeppelin, not metal. Not, not metal. metal. Too much Lord of the Rings. Hard rock. <laughs> Next, we have. There's a, there's so many Lord of the Rings metal bands. They aired on Balrog. They aired more on like the loot yeah. side of that shit. <laughs> sure, the yeah. flute side yeah. of Lord of the Rings. Next, we have Five Finger Death Punch. A metal, they're a metal band. I mean, they're band. a metal band. Yeah. They're a bad band. They're, yeah. they're a, metal <laughs> band. a bad metal band, but they're a metal band. Yeah. yeah. Deep Purple. Metal. Uh, pro, I'll say pro, at least proto metal. I'm Give gonna, them proto metal. I'm going to throw it up to metal because uh, guitar solos, the drumming is intense on most of their stuff. They yeah. never really go acoustic. Um, and they also form into more intense and, versions of what heavy metal was at it, that time. Right. And to be fair, Richie Blackmore's influence on metal stems from Deep Purple because the influence of classical music on heavy metal is because of Richie Blackmore. Very European skills. I'm going to say metal. I'm I'm going to say metal. I'm going to say for that era, they're like the cutoff point. Absolutely. Sure. Because like Zeppelin, a lot of blues type stuff, but a little bit harder edge than Zeppelin stuff most of the time. Anything yeah. less metal. than the Deep Purple, not metal. Yeah, for that era. And that that's era. the thing. It's it's always like you compare what's came out then because like yeah. you listen to the Sabbath stuff from 1970 and like every band, they're like as heavy as 21 Pilots is now. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, right, right. Uh, it's just different. Okay, so okay. Deep Purple is metal. I'm sorry. Yeah. Deep Purple, Deep Purple is, is metal. metal. Call right. it metal. Next. Here we go. Kiss. <laughs> Not, not metal. metal. Ah, oh, no. Come on. My 
Drake was an instant yes. Come on. Kiss is not metal. metal. Kiss no. is rock and roll. Kiss They're is a glam hard rock. Hard. Yeah, that's true. They're cock rock. Yeah. Hard what rock all day. Hard rock. It's not Kiss metal. Not it's metal. too boogie woogie. It's yep. too boogie woogie. Yep, yep, it's yep, too yep. much about the ladies. I hear it. I hear it. That too much true. about too the much ladies. About the ladies. <laughs> too much we need talent. less ladies. Oh, no, no, no. Talent. Yeah, metal music's about getting it on with Satan, not about yeah. getting it on <laughs> yeah, with somebody you love. Exactly. Oh, you're gonna like one of these next ones. All right. MC5. Not metal. Not metal. Not metal. Thumbs down. That's a quick one. It could be punk rock. Proto punk. Proto punk. Yeah. Pro more proto punk. Yeah. Speaking of the ladies, ACDC. Oh. ACDC metal. Not metal. Very um, can I, hard I'm, rock. I'm going to go middle. Hard I'm going to go middle. Because if you ask a metal head, they're going to tell you ACDC's metal. Oh, if I'm you ask a hardcore metal head. I don't know. I'm saying definitely Hell's not. Bells. Yeah, but every song is a blues song. <laughs> every song is a 12-bar blues song. I'm going... I'm going hard rock. Yeah, it's hard yeah rock. they're hard. Although they're hard they rock. have the devil imagery I yeah. want and need, it's it's not all quite there. Oh, their guitars right. are very o- very overdriven sound, but not distorted. distorted. Right. And then I this is you. the other reason: the only thrashy song they have is a uh, 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 um, rock and roll band. Uh, I can't even think of the name of it. Long way to the top. No, it's the other one about rock and roll. Back in <laughs> they 19, have fifteen <laughs> songs about being rock. Um, all right, no, it's all right. Carry on. Uh, let there it, be rock. Oh, very, nice. Yep. So they're a very heavy band, but they're not heavy metal. Yeah, heavy band. rock. Yeah. Heavy rock. Heavy rock. Okay. Yeah. Next. Rush. Not metal. Not metal. Not metal. That's no, a good not Prague. metal. Prague. Next. Motley Crue. Metal. Yeah, they're a metal band. Metal all day long. Because I'm with Jeff on the side. I'm metal all I'm day long. I'm signing with Jeff, but I, I think Motley Crue is a metal band. Innovative use of double basses. All the guitars are distorted. Uh their guitar player looks like a zombie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is an example of time and place, and like now pop rock. They were they're a like, yeah, they're band like, of that of that scene. They were the most metal yeah. of the hair metal bands. Yes. But yeah, you put that stuff on now, and you're like, this is just hard charged pop songs. Yeah, but they were like, more like they're basically playing like Pink songs that Pink could do. Yeah, I'm gonna give you. Yeah. Uh, but they're a metal band. Kickstart my heart's pretty metal. Yeah, I'll yeah. say they're a metal band. All right, so if, Motley Crue. If their guitar tone was sounded better, they wouldn't be a metal band. But because the guitar tone is so shrill and bad sounding, metal they're a metal band. Metal band. All right, okay. next. Guns N' Roses. Not metal. Nah, not metal. Not metal. November Rain can go eat it. Not metal. They're they're <laughs> they're Rolling Stones for late eighties. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Hard rock. Hard rock. Hard uh, rock. The man himself, Ted Nugent. Not no, metal. Not metal. Hard rock. He is not metal. Damn. He's just a psycho. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Wikipedia. Ted. Wikipedia has Ted Nugent listed as metal. Really? Wikipedia lies. Yeah. That's a. That's a. That's. I mean, it is. It is. It is crowdfunded. He played a. You know? He played a hollow body guitar like. It's, it's, but every time you hear him talk about music, he's referencing Bo Diddley yeah, and got, Chuck right. Berry. It's got too much Chuck Berry in it. Yeah, to it's got be too metal. much Chuck Berry. Yeah, he's it's too much Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley to be metal. Moving on, Alice in Chains. Metal. 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 90s metal. Metal. 90s I'm going to say that's metal. definitely metal. Metal. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. dark, it's dark. It's grimy. It's brooding, the most yeah. metal of all the grunge yeah. bands, too, of yeah. that era, if you're going to call them a grunge band. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Metal. Nine Inch Nails. Not metal. Metal. Oh, I'm gonna say Whoa. not metal. I'm gonna say more. Uh, you could call them industrial metal. Yeah, but I think du- industrial is to me is off the tree of metal. Is it off the tree? I think industrial is off the tree of like, like electronic dance music. That's to be fair, I, I don't know enough is. about them. 
I'm gonna I'm say it's so distort. Guy. It's so distor- it's, it's so aggressive. I'm gonna say distorted. it is metal because most metal, most of it, most of the people that listen to industrial are music are yeah. metalheads. So yeah. it's like the dance yep. music they listen to, yeah. and it's say, singing, but it's like that shouted. I'm gonna give it metal Grammy because scene. it doesn't fit anywhere else. Metal, metal, nice yeah, metal. Are, yeah, we'll give it to them. Moving on, Rage Against the Machine, metal. I'm oh, giving it metal. I don't know. I'm giving metal. It, I'm going to give it metal, metal? because in its yeah. era, it was the metal of its era, yeah. and it is. It's it's like. The, and to be fair, in that era, they were one of the best bands coming the, out of that. They're the only good rap metal band, in my opinion. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, they are like rap metal. You know, they're the only good rap yeah. metal band. Cause, yeah, because they're not an alternative rock band. No, no, they're rap metal. They're bands. yeah. Yeah, they're, they're metal band because they're trying to do like the public enemy beat sound, it, the right, really right. atonal, aggressive like. Plus, it had yeah. thing a lot of like Black Sabbath bass right. and drums going on. Riffs, in it. really sludgy riffs and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Metal. metal, metal. Next, Lincoln Park. No, oh. See, this is on the other side of that. Though. See, this is why. This is. I'm saying Lincoln. I'm gonna say it's metal. Apples oranges, but Lincoln Park was doing what Rage Against the Machine did, but just a decade later. Yeah, I mean, think about that. You know, hybrid theory album. It's only Linkin Park I know is the first album, and maybe the second. I'm gonna say not metal, and this is why. I'm gonna say it's not metal because it was too. I think it was too crossovery. It had too much of a crossover pop appeal, but it also had that big like. uh, It's very so angry. angry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, gonna I'm say, saying the first album is a metal album. Yes. The rest is hard rock. Is, yeah. I'm going to say that. Yeah, you're right. I will agree. Okay, first I'll agree album, with that. metal, yeah. rest of it, hard exactly. rock. Everything until they did the Jay-Z collaboration, and then after that they were a, not a pop rock, but like a modern rock charts type band. Yep. I just want to say we've been really hitting Linkin Park news hard on this podcast. Sure. Ugh, too much. Here's another one. One of, one of, the, one of the greatest bands. Contested as a heavy metal band, according to forums, Steppenwolf. No. No. Hard rock no. band. Hard Blues, rock band. the pusher. Yeah. Blues. Yeah. My Chemical Romance. Blue, oh, emo. Uh, emo. Emo. Metal. Not metal. I metal think band. that is metal. I think they're a metal band. You think they're a metal band? I would agree with Jeff. Uh, uh, they have too much queen aspiration. We're 50-50 here. When you say, the, th- the problem is when you say they're an emo band, emo is everything from like dashboard confessional to red jumpsuit Atreyu. apparatus. Like there's such a wide sonic palette. I think they go more of like, they're, if I'm going to stick them in a genre, pop punk. All day. It has way too much to ever be metal. It does have double bass, but it's not. And two guitarists, it's twin not leads break, and stuff. But it's all like queen yeah, Then Lizzie had leads. twin leads in there. You wouldn't consider no, them, them metal. metal band. I wouldn't say My Chem is a metal band because around the time that My Chemical Romance is out, like Lamb of God is out. <laughs> yeah, true, that's true. true. But that's I'm saying, true. but that I think that's my perspective on that band is looking back. Not thinking about how they were when they were when I was fourteen and they came out, but looking at it now, I'm like, I don't know. They're like, I mean, the they are there, as hard the dark as all imageries the, there, yeah. that sort of spooky. Kind so were they thing closer to a pop punk Danzig inspired act? Yes, yeah, they're like more of like a um like a Green Day Danzig. Oh, a Green Day Danzig. I respect the view. That's yeah, that's all a right. good person. So we're split. We're split on on. That's a tu- that's a tough. One. It is a tough one. That's a tough one. For, well, for, not you, but I'm saying. I, I would know. say for our era, as far as like, because you got to think like the artists that made charts, like like we said, Motley Crue and stuff. They are like Motley Crue-ish musically. They are one of the yeah. they are one of the bigger hard yeah. harder acts of that era of that split. pop. Yeah, we're your split. Moving on, the Smashing Pumpkins. No, no. I was thinking about that earlier. Thumbs They're up. a hard rock band. Yeah, pop, like pop. Because they hard they rock. do like 
they take stuff from Zeppelin and The Who. Yep. And, yeah. Bluesy. Muse. No. No. I wouldn't say. I mean. Hey, they have some harder music, though. They're, they're nominated this year or last year for Best Metal, metal. Performance. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For Absolutely. the thing off the album that we're reviewing. Yeah. I am not amused. <laughs> Thank you. I'm saying they are not a metal band. I'm also they're I too agree. inspired by Queen to be a metal band. I right. agree. I agree. Muse, not a metal band. Another Queen, Queensryche. Metal. metal band. Yeah. Metal. Hell yeah. Metal. Shout out to dad. Yep. <laughs> Queensryche, baby. Yeah. Jeff Tate. Here we go. Uh, a fan favorite of the podcast, Nickelback. Not metal. <sighs> Pop rock. Yeah, but that- Pop dark- rock? That Dark Horse record, though. Yeah, but like nobody knows that record. <laughs> yeah, but I do, and I'm here. We're talking about Nickelback. Not Finally, metal. all that Nickelback knowledge I have coming coming oh, to the that's front. Cringe. I I would agree. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't Nickelback necessarily call them in a metal, metal band. I think they're a pop rock band. Ne- post grunge. They're po- they're a post grunge. Oh, oh, you know what? That's all a whole day genre. Long. We yeah, because about. they're so that's with, like the Creed, because they're the Three Doors Down, the Seethers. Um, so you don't consider three any of those races. bands metal bands. Uh, not really. Post, uh, I would, so we're they're splitting alter- hairs, though. They're I'd alternative say, rock I'd say band. Like, all, I would say alt rock band. I'd, I'd say like Seether's more metal. They have. I think I Nickelback. I think Nickelback has metal. Like you said about Queen, right? Like Nickelback yeah, yeah. has metal songs, but I don't think they're a metal band. They no. don't have anything even as hard as like the the load reload stuff. I agree. By Metallica. Yeah, not really. And that's kind of what they're going for. Uh, they're Side doing of a Bullet, like, that was that song. They're doing like countryfied-ish ex- version of that. Yeah. Okay. They not, do They do play on metal bills because they do play with metal bands. I'm saying yeah. they're, they're a hard rock band. Yeah, I agree. Not nice. metal. Hard rock band. And last on the list, one that you actually called out in the middle of this list, Thin Lizzy. Not, not metal. metal. Not metal. Can I ask you guys one before we leave? Yeah. yeah. Four years strong and a day to remember. Are those metal bands? Uh, I've never even heard of that first band. Uh, I don't know the first band. A day to remember. Day to remember. Let's go. Day to remember. Is that a metal band? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, they're kind of like, they're you know, because they're lumped in. Right? Yeah, right. They're lumped right. in with the screamo kind of thing. It's pop metal. It's pop metal. It's screamo, and you can call you would call you could call screamo metal technically. I was because this whole list, I was wondering because that was like the newest form of metal before I like really clocked out of the genre was pop metal was huge yeah. when I was yeah. in high school. Is Alice Cooper metal? No, uh, I don't know. His spirit is metal, his but his music is not. His his persona is metal, but his persona is metal. And if you ask Alice Cooper, he's uh, according to him the first time the phrase heavy metal was ever used was in reference to his music. Oh, all right. Well, that wraps it up. Arguable. That was twenty seven of them. Our next segment, next oh boy, next segment is three favorite metal albums. All right, all right. Some honorable mentions. Of honorable the mentions past. first. 40, 40 years. years. 40, years. Off the past as, 40 as, years. As long as obituary's been around. It would be 1983. So, yeah, we did it like uh, we yeah. wanted to do some more modern yeah. things for you. So, here we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, do you want to f- wrap it around real quick, the honorable mentions, and then we'll, yeah, hit, we'll your, hit, hit back hit, to Luke for the three yeah, hit big your ones? Two, okay, my honorable, honorable mentions. mentions, I'm going to go uh, Life of Agony's River Runs Red, 1993. Uh, my sister played this to death when I was younger, and it's a metal album that has stuck with me. And I'm going to go with another honorable mention, Lamb of God's Ashes of the Wake. I went to that OzFest when that album came out. It was awesome. The album was so big when I was like 16. Huge. Yeah. All right, Mike, what are your honorable mentions? Uh, honorable mentions in the spirit of the death metal of Obituary. I'm going to go with two huge, for me, albums. I'm going to go with Carcass. 
and the name of the album is Heartwork. That came out in 1993. That was, I think, their fourth record. Great, great record. They were like a grindcore band from the UK around the same time as the obituaries and all that stuff happened. This is a really cool record because this is that sort of thing that you see, kind of like what Black Flag did. What was once like a really, really fast, hard-hitting band slows down and everything gets like really sludgy and heavy and I fucking love it. It's amazing. Um, Second one will be the band Death. The album is The Sound of Perseverance. That came out in 1998. That would be the last record from the band Death. Chuck Schuldiner would unfortunately pass away, I think, a year or two later from brain cancer. Uh, That one's great. That was really one of my first introductions to that sort of melodic death metal thing. Uh, Same thing. A hard left turn. There's some mellower stuff on there. Things get more melodic, but it's also super, super hard hitting. Love both of those albums. Absolutely love both of those albums. Those are mine. My honorable mentions are my favorite Metallica album, 1986's Master of Puppets. Um, yes. Just a classic for a reason, always in the world's top five favorite metal albums. Um, it's their most consistent, their biggest sounding, my favorite. Um, and my other honorable mention is 1994's The Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails, which is just a very heavy, um, you know, aggressive record, lots of dark emotions and uh, things being worked out on that record. And it was one of like the earliest heavy records I ever listened to. So those are my two honorable mentions. All right, cool. So now back to Luke for your top three. All right. Do we want to do threes and then twos and then ones? Sure. Do we want to do all three? Uh, Three, Threes, twos, ones. Let's do that. Threes, twos, ones. My third, I'm going to go with Korn's first album, self-titled from 1994. I love this album. Uh, I love its rawness. It was c- kind of clearly recorded without a click track, and I like that. I like that it's loosey-goosey and groovy. This is like the first new metal album uh, kind of to be released. I think Korn birthed the sound. I think they did it the best. It was my favorite. This is my favorite Korn release. Um, and, I mean, the first song with the... Come on. It doesn't get better. Are you... Uh, also, shout out to some of the spookiest cover art of all time. <laughs> Is that it's that's the, a playground with like the swing girl and, on the swing, and just a shadow? <laughs> so scary in just every childhood way. Right on. All right. My number three is, uh, so all my selections, you'll see what I did here with my selections. But, you know, when I was getting into metal, it was the year mid to early 2000s. So that's kind of where I'm going to hang out for this segment. Uh, it was like trying to pick out like your favorite child is just so difficult. So I kind of narrowed it down to like one sort of thing. So it's Metalcore, Metalcore Mike you got here. Uh, this was released released March 23rd of 2004. It is the band All That Remains with their... It's, techni- it's technically their second studio album, but it's number one for me. Uh, this Darkened Heart, this had a song called Tattered on My Sleeve. Like the first time I was like, what the hell is going on here? This is amazing. Uh, great. Absolutely great guitar playing uh, from Ollie Hebert, who has since passed away. So RIP to him. And uh, Mike Martin on uh, rhythm guitar as well, who was actually Ollie's student, who ended up being in the band itself, which was uh, which was pretty rad. And then Philip Labonte on vocals. He was the original lead singer for Shadows Fall and then ended up starting this. Also, fun fact, produced by Adam D. from Killswitch Engage. So there you go. Check it out out right on my number three is by a band that i didn't put on the list because i will not debate whether it's a metal band or not they are a metal band it's the funk strange metal band primus oh 
And it's the album Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Oh, can I get um, a high five on that? Hell yeah, Which is man. an album that I only got deep into in like the last five years. It's a band that I always saw in like Beavis and Butthead and stuff like that in the 90s. Um, but they are a metal band because the drumming is very metal drumming. The guitar, um, Lur Lalonde was an original member of Possess, which is like considered to be the first death metal band. Um, so it's just very strange we'll just say strange guitar playing and then of course les claypool doing his funk metal crazy shredding stuff all over it um it's like weird dark underbelly of america type of music um great tracks like tommy the cat um jerry was a great car driver uh 11 sergeant baker this american life those damn blue collared tweakers it's like the whole album <laughs> so is really like this is an album that there are no skips it's just like yeah. bah, bah, bah. I and was, it's aggressive and it's dark and it's like it's a metal band because when I listen to this, I'm just like, oh, I'm very uneasy. Yeah, that's what this it is. This is man. making my skin crawl. Yeah. Uh, I always great thought of, record. So I always thought of Primus yeah. as like the like metal Lee Frank Zappa. Like that's how I perfect. Figured. Yeah. I perfect. always because they were always just like the lyrically they were on that train, yeah. but they were like the like you said the drumming was always like just straight oh. metal drums. So. I forget what music video it is, but it's Les Les Claypool with a pig mask on playing an upright bass, and you're just like, what <laughs> the fuck is going? And it's so same thing, man. It's all just like, it's creepy, man. Creepy, yeah. creep, creep. Primus, thank you for bringing Primus. us back. Yeah, I there. went deep on Primus all week, and I feel. <laughs> Like I'm in a fucking carnival. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> a you, hell circus. You describing them as the underbelly of America is very, very true. So um, good. What's our number twos? Number two, I'm going with an album that Mike is using as a coaster right now, and <laughs> I bought when I was a child. Um, we are going with Iron Maiden's "Peace of Mind." Uh, I really love this record. It's one of the first records I bought for myself as uh, a young person. And I bought it because I really liked the song The Trooper that I had heard and fell in love with the rest of the record. Uh, Where Eagles Dare, the leadoff track, Flight of the Icarus, such a amazing song. Um, Die With Your Boots On, the uh, side one closer. I played this album to death. I fell in love with all of the history stories that are in the lyrics and... Um, yeah, I haven't looked back since. Big Iron Maiden fan. You said the here. Trooper. This is like a second or third album. This is the first, second, third. This is the fourth Iron Maiden album. This is okay. the second Iron Maiden album with, with Bruce, Bruce Dickinson. Dickinson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cover this... art is this like a Sane Asylum guy? Yes. This, okay. It's right there on the. Yeah. Uh, it's the uh, Eddie in the Sane Asylum tied to the wall, uh, and the album is Peace of Mind. It's such a bad pun. I love it so much. It's like all that. It's got like the bad metal pun. Um, but this is such a solid metal record. And to be fair too, man, like Iron Maiden was one of those bands that other bands like Iced Earth would come around and like kind of do the same thing where it's just like, this is where like metalheads got history lessons, you know, and about it sounds, ancient civ civilizations, civilizations and, and it sounds like really kind of like kind of funny to say that, but it's very true, man. It's very very true. All the history lessons I've learned from Iron Maiden, there's been tons. I also want to shout out that was May 1983, so this is going to celebrate an anniversary this year. Oh, very so. nice. Um, my number two in my metalcore Mike's thing uh, is going to be the album messengers from August Burns red. This was my introduction to August Burns red. Absolutely incredible. Great name too. August Burns red. If you don't know the meaning of the name, go ahead, look it up. 
Uh, it'll make you cry and maybe chuckle. Uh, it was released, <laughs> released June 19th of 2007, the year I graduated high school. So this oh, was wow. a this was a big this was a big record for me, man. Uh, a, a late friend of of mine that passed away a number of years ago, Archie Jared Dietz, was a huge August Burns Red fan, and he introduced me to this band. Also, great album cover. It's like a hand holding a candle, and it's like burning like the, the wax. Finger. It's amazing. It's so good. Uh, Matt Grenier on drums, incredible drummer. They're also a Christian metal band, which is pretty interesting to like listen back to uh, and enjoy. Yes, thank you, Luke, for the uh, for the blessings. Um, the Blinding Light, Composure, The Eleventh Hour, the whole thing is absolutely amazing. Crazy breakdowns. I don't even know how they remember how to play these songs front to back, considering every song is written like in the same sort of fashion. Alex? Surprised you went with this one and not Constellations. I do love Constellations, but Messenger, because Constellations is great, but... This was Messen- the graduation th- gift this, to yourself. This was it, yeah, man. This was yeah. it. This was like, oh my god! It's just I couldn't stop listening to this record when it came out. It was absolutely incredible. So, August Burns Red Messengers. My number two is uh, an album that we have talked about in a previous episode. It's from 1996. It is the second full length by Tool. It's called Anima. Um, it is not my favorite Tool album, but when I think about metal albums from Tool, this is the first one I think of. Yeah. Um, this has songs like Push It and Stink Fist and 46 and 2 and the title track Anima. Um, it's just like the band with its current lineup with Justin Chancellor in the band fully now. Um, it's hard hitting. It's it's They're getting into that spiritual, proggy stuff, but it, it doesn't go far out into outer space on this record. This is the one that's got... This is a lot. It's it's a, a lot of tracks, right? So this is before you get like the hour long seven track record. This is like I remember. This, this has record. two or three that have those like noise interludes. Yeah, but also Lateralis has a bunch of those too. But it's not like it's not a few long songs. No, no this no, was no. a ton of. Songs. This is a, a ton bunch of, of like shorter songs, four to eight minutes. Songs. Right. This right, was their right, right. second or third album. Second. Full that this is their yeah. second album. Oh, great album. This is the one that has the holographic. holographic. Yeah, yeah yes. man. I definitely remember yeah. listening to this. Yeah. Shout out, Greg. Yeah, because I think Greg. I think I think the first album, the first full length, is maybe a little harder, but like harder in the like. I, I don't know. Aggressive way. Yeah, it's not as metally as this one is, in my opinion. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Cool. And now, number, number, number ones. ones. Let's go. Oh, let's number do it. one, oh, I am yeah. going with Danzig's self-titled album from 1988. Danzig, produced by Rick Rubin. Uh, this is one of my favorite metal albums of all time. This kind of brought metal back into the, or blue, brought blues back into metal um, at the time. Sure. It is very blues-based. It has the song The Hunter on it, which is a blues classic. Um, so I really, really like this record. Um, I think what makes this record metal is the, uh, lyrical content and the evilness of it. Um, and somewhat the drumming it has throws reference back to like black Sabbath's first two records in a, in a big way. Um, shout out to twist of Cain, uh, a great riff, probably my favorite song in the record. Um, everybody knows mother on this album. Uh, am I demon is my Second favorite song, um, Chuck Biscuits on drums on that song. Chuck Biscuits. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Chuck, Chuck Biscuits. Baron Von Frankenstein on this record? Oh, you wish. Johnny Pancakes <laughs> wasn't available. Um, 
Chuck Biscuits, though, no shit, one of the oh, yeah. best, Danzig's yeah, I best. Lo- I love the sound of this record, man. This and Lucifuge, man, the, the sound of those two records. It was the best drummer he had on the on the first so good. three records. But, um, yeah, everything on here is amazing. She Rides, if you want one for the uh, the ladies. For the ladies. So uh, <laughs> check for it the, out. For the succubi. Um, this is my pick because it's, it's the most, like, evil record I can think of. And when I think of metal, I think of evil, and that's what I want. And Danzig gives it to me in every way, so... Right on. Uh, my number one metalcore album was released July 1st of 2003. It's the second album by the band As I Lie Dying. It is the album Frail Words Collapse. So it's, it's a real shame that uh, Tim Lambesis tried to kill his wife, but, you know, what, what can you do? Uh, it features Jordan <laughs> it features Jordan Mancino on drums, and this is the biggest drum sound I've ever heard, it, and it is really full like full on on the opening track 94 hours he and this was the first time too the double kick in a metal album where i was like holy shit because the last time i had listened to a double kick thing like this was really on one when lars was you know was was doing the the thing in metallica this is just straight full-on assault on drums it sounds like his kick drum is being hit with hammers it doesn't even sound it's so there's so much of a bass hit to it uh the song forever as well absolutely phenomenal song uh this yeah man i i love this album it's it's yeah it's my number one man right on. i love it my number one uh came out in 2001 it is literally the first metal album i ever listened to and ever owned and like got deep into and it is a second album by system of a down called toxicity yes uh, it's a classic front to back. It's like 45 minutes and it's flawless. Uh, great songs like uh, Jet Pilot and Deer Dance and uh, Forest and Multiply and ATWA and Toxicity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's like John Domland's drumming. He, I would say he and Tim Alexander, the drummer from Primus, are my two favorite drummers because they do such interesting patterns. They do more of Middle Eastern mixed with like funky kind of like left of center type of stuff um it's great singing like this was the first vocalist i got into because i was like not at all into screamed and shouted vocals and then i heard serge tankian's voice and i was like this is a dude who is yelping and screaming but also like is a better singer than anybody in metal music because but he just like sounds so like himself like He's not trying to sound auto-tune perfect. He is like trying to sound authentically amazing and he like knocks it out of the park. So I love this album. There you go. Shout out to second record on our list produced by Rick Rubin. Yeah. Oh so, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you have it, folks. Yeah. This has been a very metal get in the garage episode. What are some of your favorite metal albums? Please tell us. Uh, you know, is Van Halen metal? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. If you got any bands you want to, uh, us to play, uh, is that metal with? Uh, we will play them. Leave them in the comments. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We, I would love another game. Yeah. So before we set off, as we always do, please remember to like and comment, subscribe, and rate us on Apple Podcasts as well. That makes a huge difference and awaken the primordial algorithm. And, uh, yeah. To uh, do all that stuff. And until next time, guys, it's been Get in the Garage. We'll see you next week.